0: Welcome to Foresight Friday Roundup, Foresight Health's podcast series for healthcare revolutionaries. Outcomes matter, customers count, and value rules. Hello again, everyone. This is Dave Burdick, news editor at Foresight Health. It is Friday, September 30th. Tomorrow is October 1st, and it's homecoming weekend at Elmhurst University in Elmhurst, Illinois. I'll be there as it's my 40th anniversary. I graduated from then Elmhurst College way back in 1982. No internet, no mobile phones, no tablets, no laptops, and no cybersecurity risks. Yes, there was such a world when someone stole your wallet or your purse, they took the money out and threw the rest in the garbage can. And that's what we're going to talk about on today's show, not garbage cans, but cybersecurity and how growing cyber threats are affecting healthcare innovation. To answer that question, are Dave Johnson, founder and CEO of Foresight Health, and Julie Merchantson, partner at Transformation Capital. But before we say hello to Dave and Julie, I wanted to say hello to the sponsor of the Foresight Friday Roundup podcast, Infor. By connecting the business and mission sides of healthcare, institutions can enhance staff experience and simplify patient interactions. With data-driven insights and greater operational control, our sponsor, Infor, supports your company in making healthcare a calling again for your staff. Hi, Dave. Hi, Julie. How are you guys doing this morning? Dave? Your remembrances of Elmhurst College remind me
1: of why both of my cars are old enough to drink. They have cassette players, but here's one thing I can definitely confirm. They'll never, ever be hacked.
0: Good for them and good for you. That's great, Dave. Thanks. Julie, how
2: are you? I'm good. I'm wrapping up almost two and a half weeks on the road. So I'm excited to sleep in my own bed and hug my dog.
0: Good for you. Good for you. Hope uh, your uh, business travel and personal travel went well.
2: All good. I got to see Dave. What could be better? That's right.
0: (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Uh, Now, before we talk about cybersecurity and healthcare innovation, I wanted to ask you about your experience with cyber criminals. Uh, Dave, have you ever been hacked or had your identity stolen? I suffer from the
1: curse of a very common name, but fortunately, no identity theft. Just a few rogue credit card purchases over the years. Uh, When I was in graduate school, someone tried to use my identity to rent an apartment. That didn't work. (laughs) Who got
0: the apartment? I'm more curious about that. That's a tough thing to do. Wasn't me. I didn't want it. So Uh Julie, how about you? Was there ever another Julie Merchanson out there charging up a storm on your credit card?
2: Oh my gosh. Someone did steal my card years ago and bought a ton of stereo equipment and subwoofers. And I thought to myself, they are having a lot more fun than I am in life. That's for sure. (laughs) And probably like five or six years ago, someone duplicated my Facebook account, which I think has happened to all of us. And I have been getting birthday messages in April, which is not my birthday month, for years on end. Like, I think people still have that in their calendar somehow. But the worst thing that ever happened to us was that my husband's identity was stolen, which wreaked massive Havoc on our taxes and still to this day can be problematic. It's, it can be a nightmare.
0: Wow. That's pretty scary. Someone hacked my LinkedIn account years ago. And I remember how hard it was to get LinkedIn to freeze it, fix it, and start it over again. Like I was lying. It was a pain, but no lasting damage to my reputation, I think. We'll see. Now, let's talk about any lasting damage to the healthcare system from cyber criminals, thanks to two recent reports. The first is from IBM, which used data from the Pineman Institute to calculate the cost of a data breach. The report said the average cost of a data breach in healthcare is $10.1 million this year. That's up more than 9% from last year when the cost of a breach in healthcare was a little more than 9.2 million dollars the cost of a data breach in healthcare was the highest of any of the 17 industries included in the report the average for all industries this year is about 4.4 million so healthcare is more than double the average for everyone 45% of the breaches in all industries occurred in the cloud and the cost of a breach in all industries is higher when more people work remotely now, Dave, you're a big platform guy and a big workforce redesign guy. Uh, what's your reaction to the report's findings? What's going on behind the numbers? And what should healthcare do better to protect the privacy and security of personal health information?
1: I don't in any way consider myself an expert in cybersecurity. My initial reaction, since you asked for it, is that cyber attacks are becoming more virulent, more sophisticated, and that the costs associated with those attacks are going higher. That means cyber defenses have to become stronger and more intricate. The higher costs of the breaches and the more intricate defenses all cost money. That's why 60% of the respondents said that they had increased the prices of their products and services in response to a cyber attack inflation once again rears its ugly head. Of all the data breaches that I know about, the attack on Apple last month was the one that scared me the most. You know, if it can happen to Apple, I guess it can happen to anyone. Here's what the Guardian newspaper reported at the time about the value of an Apple breach. This is a quote. The broker, Ziridium, for instance, will pay up to $500,000 for a security weakness that can be used to hack a user through Safari and up to $2 million for a fully developed piece of malware that can hack an iPhone without a user needing to click on anything. The company says its customers for such weaknesses are, quote, government institutions, mainly from Europe and North America, close quote. And if you believe that, I've got a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Healthcare data I think as we all know, it's particularly sensitive. It sells for the highest prices of any personal data on the dark web. The reason for this is really quite simple. Healthcare data is more comprehensive than data from other sources. With it, hackers can become much more successful at identity theft. That means logically that healthcare companies need to be even more vigilant about preventing patient data from escaping, protecting it to the highest degree possible. I hope they are doing this, but I don't have confidence that that's the case. I'm also not sure how healthcare leaders determine what their budget should be for cybersecurity. What's enough? How much is too much? How do you measure return? I was also struck by the fact that remote workers and subcontractors are, are disproportionately sources of data leaks. Addressing that vulnerability requires a, a weakest link risk assessment you know, in soccer, which I used to play, teams are really only as strong as their weakest player because if a weak player makes a mistake, the whole team falls. Uh, The same is true in cybersecurity. The network defense is only as strong as its weakest link. So perhaps foolishly, but For all of the apparent vulnerabilities that we're talking about on cybersecurity, I've come to the conclusion that we should rely on Amazon, Microsoft, and Google, the biggest cloud providers, to protect us from the nefarious attackers out there. They have the tech, the know-how, and the motivation to get the job done. I say this despite knowing that 45% of the attacks were cloud-based, But I'd be curious to know what percentage of those attacks occurred on one of the big three's cloud platforms. I hope it's a much smaller percentage. So if my gut instinct is right, the answer to your last question, Dave, regarding what healthcare can do to protect data privacy is run, not walk to AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud for protection, at least until blockchain becomes more fully developed.
0: Got it, Dave. Thanks. Yeah. Hackers keep going to the healthcare well, so something's happening that shouldn't be happening there. So uh, all good points. Thank you. Julie, any questions for Dave?
2: Yeah. You know, Dave, cybersecurity is something you used to be able to insure against, but from the boards I sit on and the headlines I read, that insurance is becoming prohibitively expensive, almost like earthquake insurance in California. And it's certainly covering less and less these days. So what's insurance for anyway? Well,
1: the whole model for insurance is that a small global risk that is costly to an individual makes sense to insure against because the pool of people needing that protection is so great. But when the the individual costs of a security breach reach the levels they're at now, I'm not sure it's possible to pool the risk for that. So That's a fundamental business challenge for the insurance industry, because they aren't going to insure based on an expected loss. The actuaries won't let them do that. So that then begins to raise the question whether we should have some type of governmental protection layer in there like we do with flood insurance. You know, if your losses are beyond a certain point, the government kicks in and saves it, that makes pricing insurance easier to do for carriers because they can price to a maximum loss i don't know if that's a good use of our government funding or not if we did go down that route you'd want it to be painful enough that that people just didn't rely on the government to bail them
0: out the way they do
1: sometimes with flood insurance particularly since the government doesn't price flood insurance uh, particularly well
0: Cyber reinsurance, an interesting concept. Thanks, Dave. Okay, let's talk about the uh, second report, this one also from the Pineman Institute, which surveyed more than 600 health IT and health IT security leaders about their concerns and experiences. Here's what they had to say. Their three biggest cybersecurity concerns were unsecure medical devices, ransomware, and unsecure mobile apps. And they said various types of cyber attacks have resulted in the following delays in procedures and tests that caused poor outcomes, longer lengths of stay, increases in patients being transferred or delivered to other facilities, increases in complications from medical procedures, and increases in patient mortality rates. Those are some serious repercussions. Julie, what's your reaction to the survey findings? Do they have any significance for venture capital funding of digital health technology? And what can developers do to make their devices and apps safer for patients?
2: Britta, I think that's way too many questions for me to answer, but I'm going to give it my best shot.
0: (laughs) 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 He loves those multiple question questions. Yeah, Yeah. They they come in threes, sorry.
2: (laughs) You're curious, Britta. So first of all, back in 2015 or so, Health Evolution, we tried to get CEOs to focus on cybersecurity, and it was a hard no. They delegated that issue to their CIOs every day of the week and seemed to treat it like someone else's problem. And I think the events of the last five plus years have demonstrated that this is a strategic risk and it's something that they need to better understand. So I hope that's happening. You know, I really dug into this. It was fun actually to read some of the stats because it really puts in context the risks that are pretty great. Like in 2021. HA reported that we had approximately 36 million hospitalizations. And during that same period, federal reports demonstrated or showed that we had 40 million medical records stolen. So more medical records stolen than hospitalizations, not shocking, ambulatory care and the like, but still a lot. And Berta, in one of the reports you shared, 89% of those surveyed experienced an average of 43 attacks in the past 12 months. That's almost one attack per week for 89% of those surveyed. So There's a lot of activity out there. And what I was intrigued by was that one of the the sections or the areas of risk called cloud compromise was where 75% of the organizations felt most vulnerable, but 63% of them were planning for it. So they also felt most prepared. And this is where I believe we have a false sense of security. Now, this is gonna go against what you said, Dave Johnson. I think when we think our cloud vendor has it under control, we release any kind of sense of true concern about this. And I get it. We want to trust the tech vendors and we should, but I think we've been we've been doing a lot of that for too long. And here's the most concerning set I saw that I think starts to get into some of your questions, Dave. It was about the internet of medical things. Healthcare organizations have an average of more than 26,000 network connected devices. 26,000. And of those respondents are concerned about medical device security, but only half of them have a cybersecurity strategy. So this is a big deal. And providers moving care to other settings, it's a big deal to growth companies who are selling digitally enabled solutions, it's a big deal to investors who are investing in those solutions. You know, we're putting more and more online, more and more in the cloud, and we're going to have more touch points, not less. So I was intrigued to see that the FBI is taking a position on this and is targeting the healthcare sector because it knows that a lot of these medical devices have some pretty critical vulnerabilities. They haven't implemented patches. They're not well supported. So it's not just a technical issue. Our provider infrastructure isn't robust enough to really be supporting this at the provider level. Health systems can do this, but not necessarily necessarily the individual or small group practices. So it's a problem for everyone. And I think it's going to introduce this need for platforms and m a by cloud providers who can provide that end-to-end solution and protection. Because at the end of the day, even though I said we've been delegating to the tech vendors, they really are the best to probably deal with these issues. It's not healthcare.
0: It's kind of like having every window of your house open and hoping that no one crawls through, right? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. Uh, Dave, any questions for Julie?
1: Uh, trust but verify, I guess, on um, cybersecurity. Hope they're doing it, but uh, keep some of the responsibility yourself. Probably prudent way to do things. I got to tell you guys, all this conversation about Internet of Things and hacking devices is just giving me the willies. I keep remembering that scene from Homeland where terrorists killed the US Vice President by hacking his pacemaker. And that was only to be followed up by a 60 Minutes interview with Dick Cheney, who said his doctor disconnected the wireless functionality on his pacemaker to prevent a terrorist attack on him. Boy, I, I just think sometimes it's easier to live in ignorance. <laughs> Stuff is really scary. But anyway, I owe Julia a question. So speaking of negative healthcare outcomes resulting from security breaches, I'm wondering, Julie, if this is a new metric we should ask providers to track. I'm generally not in favor of more regulatory reporting, but this strikes me as potentially information for both payers and the public to know. What do you think?
2: Yeah, yet another unfunded regulation. So I agree with you in terms of protecting the American people and patients in general against cyber threats and with their health data. It makes a lot of sense. What I would worry about with some sort of compliance program around this is that the measurement is probably pretty difficult to really kind of get to what is the measurement that really matters. Yeah, I would worry about that. And I, by the way, don't see the government necessarily imposing these kinds of compliance programs on other industries, but maybe they do. And if that was the case, then healthcare should fall in line. Right. So it's probably goes beyond my pay grade, to be honest. Yeah.
0: I, I know hospitals do have to report data breaches uh, across a certain threshold and they could get fined. But as far as kind of an ongoing quality metric, that, that would be really fascinating. So. It's really just one of these things, would
1: you want to get treatment at a hospital that had above average cyber attacks on it? You know,
0: yeah, even like a green, red, yellow kind of a score yeah. would be, be helpful to consumers. Yeah. That's great. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, Dave. It's definitely clear that healthcare is a favorite target of cyber criminals. We really need to button things up to protect patients and to protect the bottom line. Now let's briefly talk about other news that happened this week. Julie, what else happened this week that's worth mentioning?
2: Well, Biogen just said that its Alzheimer's drug succeeded in slowing cognitive decline. So here we are, new Alzheimer's drug, potentially seeking approval, reimbursement in the Alzheimer's space. So given Aduhelm and all that we went through there, it could be interesting.
1: I found my attention drawn to the White House Conference on Hunger and Nutrition, Dave. The last conference of this kind was in 1969 under the Nixon administration. That led to the creation of food stamps and child nutrition programs that still function today. How about that? Republicans leading the way on addressing food insecurity issues. My goodness, how times have changed. The conference itself couldn't be timelier. half of all Americans are either diabetic or pre-diabetic half, one in three government dollars, one in three, and a whole pile of private dollars go to fund healthcare. It really is time that the country invested in food as medicine like we were just discussing, the drugs aren't going to save us.
0: Interesting. Well, good luck with that initiative. Thanks, Dave. And thank you again, Julie. And thanks again to our sponsor, Infor. Infor connects the business and mission sides of healthcare, enhancing the staff experience and simplifying patient interactions with data-driven insights and greater operational control. That is all the time we have for today. If you'd like to learn more about the topics we discussed on today's show, please visit our website at foresighthealth.com. Don't forget to tell a friend about Foresight Roundup. Subscribe now and don't miss another segment for the best 20 minutes in healthcare. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Berta for Foresight Health.